the winning streak is over for your Phoenix Suns. They lose tonight to the Sacramento Kings. A damn good team. I mean, I know that this is the third time that the Phoenix Suns have played against the Sacramento Kings, and it's the first time that they've lost to them. But there's a reason why this team is ahead of Phoenix in the standings, and we saw some of that tonight. With tonight's loss, the Phoenix Suns are now 37-30. and 30. And Matthew, for the first time since like 2005, hey. I, the Kings have won 40 games, and they, they, did it. <laughs> they did it at the hands of the Suns tonight. Yeah, congrats to them, Mom. It's hard to beat a team, you know, three times in a season, uh, 2-0 to start, and then the Kings just wanted this one. With or without KD, doesn't matter. This Kings team is tough. I think even with KD in this lineup, it would have been a difficult victory for the Suns. But the Kings are just, they just remind me of the Suns combined the last two years. The way they play and like the way their fans are in that arena, like the beam, all that oh. shit. Like they have everything going their way. They're the most exciting team other than the Suns to watch. They are, and if you, again, I've, I've probably said this before and I'll say it again. There's a kinship with the Kings, right? They're a team that has suffered for a long time and who we have been drafting next to for years and years and years. And as we have excelled, they haven't. And all of a the sudden, they're starting to play very well. And it's a team that I don't feel any animosity towards yet. There's aspects of yep. this team that I know would drive me crazy if we play them in the playoffs. And that's one of the things that we're going to discuss on tonight's podcast. So thank you to everyone who's hanging out following this loss to the Sacramento Kings. It's a Saturday night. You could be spending it anywhere else, but you're hanging out with the Suns Jam Session podcast. So appreciate that. Hit the thumbs up button down below. Subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Pop them if you got them. Uh, I'm pissed. I'm pissed, Matthew, for two reasons. Two. One, I don't have any more beer left. I went to go grab a teeth cracking cold beer, and I was like, oh, shit, all the beer's left. <laughs> or, I mean, all the beer's gone. Yeah. So yeah. that sucks. So I've got I've got a diet Dr. Pepper. Uh and two, as Blake's Megatron says, fuck the beam, huh? <laughs> fuck the beam. <laughs> what does anybody say flick the bean? <laughs> flick the bean. <laughs> Let's pop them if you got them. So <laughs> flick the bean, <laughs> Suns fans. <laughs> Phoenix Suns, 128 to 119, the highest scoring team in the NBA, coming in averaging over 121 points, does just that. They score 128 points against the Phoenix Suns, which brings me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Oh, Matthew, I've got to ask. The Kings, if we were to play this team in the playoffs, now that being said, the way that the standings currently are set with them being the two slash three seed, them in Memphis are kind of going to kind of go back and forth with that. Us meeting them would have to occur in the Western conference finals. Uh, how would you feel the Suns would match up against this team? Uh, well, just assuming KD's back, I think it would be an easy victory. I think this team would maybe last five games. I'm thinking, um, because when you look at the Kings, you know, they're, they're up and coming, right? They don't really scare you right now, 
but it's just like this game. It's like they don't scare you on the court. You're like, even without KD, we'll have our way. But then they just sneak in like smart basketball. They find ways to just like keep you off the runs, like making sure that they can hit a corner three. So bonus can do just enough to set up his teammates, um, get to the free throw line. So they just know how to win. That's the one thing that scares me with this team. I think it can be a team that can be a legitimate challenge to a lot of teams in the Western Conference. But with the Suns being full strength, I don't think it would. If this was our team going to the playoffs, I can see the Kings winning in seven or the Suns winning in seven. What's interesting about the Kings is you're right. We haven't seen it in the postseason. So part of you is like, yeah, the team doesn't scare me. I respect what they have. I think that it's cute. The Kings are adorable. Light your little beam over there. That's adorable. But at the same time, we haven't seen it in the postseason, so we don't have any fear, if you will, of the Sacramento Kings. But they remind me of the Phoenix Suns of a couple years ago that went to the NBA Finals. Nobody expected anything from that Phoenix Suns team. They were the two seed. No one expected anything from them. And they marched through the playoffs and ultimately lost to Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. What allowed them to march through the playoffs was chemistry, was everybody knowing their role, and everybody stepping up to fill that role. And that's what I do see from the Kings, and that's what does have me a little worried when I think about a potential matchup in the postseason with the Kings. Now, obviously, experience trumps all, and we don't have Kevin Durant currently, so we don't truly know what that would mean. But you take a look at this team, and they have all the makings of a team that could potentially make a solid playoff and potentially deep playoff run. You have an interior presence in DeMontis Sabonis. You have De'Aaron Fox, who's top two or three quickest guys in the league. And then they're surrounded by really long defenders. They're surrounded by really solid shooters. They, they're surrounded, like Malik Monk is the clear, their microwave off the bench. And then they got some defenders, and they have some guys who can hit that three ball kind of at will. So although they, they're not a great defensive team, they're very good defensively in the clutch. And we saw that from Mike Brown tonight. He brought in that that Keegan guy, right? What was his name? Keegan Murray? Was it Keegan Murray? No, Ke- no. Keegan Murray's the uh, – or Kessler Edwards. Kessler Edwards is somebody who they've integrated into their defensive schemes. And he, he, he locked up Book pretty well tonight, man. I mean, he really made things hard. Booker really had a hard time in crunch time because this team has an identity in the clutch. It's something that the Phoenix Suns had last season and the season before. So that's why I am. I, I definitely respect what this King Kings team is. They might be cute. They might be adorable, but they also could be deadly. Yeah. I mean, what were they talking about? Sabonis' dad was fighting a grizzly bear with one drink in his hand, like a core, a core's light in his hand or something. Yeah. Arvantis Sabonis, man. Yeah. They look cute. They look fine, but they're, they have a lot of grit. Even yes, like uh, Metu, Metu. I can't pronounce Medu. his last name. Sorry. Metu. Yeah, he was just at times like underneath the rim or just even like the one he took away from Aiden where uh, Aiden was just kind of like lollygagging around, just had the ball a little bit well, loose. He, he just takes away. He from, finally like, had the ball in the perimeter and went for like a bounce between the 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 legs. And then he got picked. His, his, his pocket was. Yeah, just, these guys know what to do. Um, It's it, they do remind me of the two years ago, the Suns, that team. Um, They remind me of just, you know, the same team where LA is like, when we get in the playoffs, we want to play this team. I think that was actually a thing two weeks ago uh-huh. where LA was saying, we want the Kings. We want to play the Kings. Everyone wants to play the Kings, right? I mean, 
besides maybe the Wolves, every team in the West is going to be difficult. But the chemistry is what scares you because in crunch time, like you said, they just know what to do. I was watching the Knicks game too, and that game was fun. And I said, if that's the finals, I would love to watch that matchup. I know it doesn't look good, but it's two teams that are just fucking fun to watch. And you just saw in the end, man, the Kings just, they, they had their way against the Knicks. And I think they just find different ways to set up their own in different matchups that they can just own against the mm-hmm. Suns. You know, the Suns don't right now don't they don't have the chemistry. They don't know what they're doing right now with their lineups. And the Kings just have had the same thing all year, man. That's the scary thing. Well, and that's what has made the addition of Kevin Durant so exciting for the Suns and so devastating to have him go out for three weeks is we saw it against the game against the Dallas Mavericks. In clutch time, all of a sudden, you have this guy who can do anything. And good, bad, or indifferent, Devin Booker can't do everything in clutch time when you're throwing doubles at him, when you're throwing, uh, when you're bodying him up because of his sheer size. Kevin Durant's a cheat code. He's seven feet tall. When he elevates, he you can't block his shot. Devin Booker, you can deter his shot. And we saw that tonight. They, they rushed him in the last five minutes. They put Kessler Edwards on him every chance they could. And ultimately, they're saying, hey, yeah, you're going to have to have Tory Craig beat us. And when Tory Craig has to beat you, you're going to lose, period. Now, on the other side, that's where, again, the the physical skills of the Kings are something that's scary. The uh, the technical acumen, if you will, of DeMontis Sabonis and his physicality and getting to his spots combined with what Darren Fox can do with his speed and, and instantly puts you on your heels opens up a lot of shots. So the one thing that Phoenix didn't necessarily do is rush Fox as much as they necessarily could have. And part of that's because Chris Paul's on the floor because you need him in the, in the, as, as a distributor on the other side of the ball. So once that happens and you're trying to really lock down the defense and the Suns locked down the defense a couple times in this, in this game, but the Kings are gaining confidence in that clutch time. And that's just something that as the season ends and the postseason begins, we will see if they can carry that into the postseason. Cause like the Suns last year really couldn't, we did a little bit against the Pelicans, but we couldn't against Dallas because it just gets tougher and tougher. And the thing that Phoenix does have the advantage of, and I don't know if you recall, but Malik Monk was, I think he was on the Bill Simmons podcast, you know, around Christmas time, maybe December, November. And he said that the Suns are one of the toughest teams for them to match up with because of the chemistry that that team has. And while that chemistry isn't necessarily, the chemistry isn't necessarily as present as it used to be, when you lose five people, four people at the trade deadline, you're not going to have that same chemistry. It's something that in this absence of Kevin Durant, the team needs to work on. They need to really identify their identity and know who can do what and, and try to figure out what the answers are to the test that teams like the Kings could possibly pose to them. Yeah, I mean, the Suns are basically what the Clippers and Lakers were the last few years. I mean, they're like, they're the team right now where it's like, well, okay, when we get Booker and Katie on the court, it's going to be unstoppable, right? That's when, what people when, are, when. that's what people keep saying. That's what everyone's looking forward to as a Suns fans. When he comes back, we'll have the chemistry. It'll fit right into place and it probably will. It'll probably look good, but chemistry is a big thing. We've always talked about that. So we can't just now switch and say like, oh, it doesn't matter. Because it absolutely it does. absolutely matters. But the thing is, I've always wanted the two best players in the series, right? The best player. Katie will be that guy. I think once he fits in there, I think everyone around him, the bench might be 
better because you have i guess craig can go back to the bench and do what he does but yes. right now like the scoring is kind of an issue coming off the bench even with katie in the lineup but that's why you, you don't have to worry about the other ball handler i even saw we'll talk about pain but you don't have to worry about pain having to handle the ball so much and do so much because mm-hmm. obviously he's not that guy you just have a lot going on right now with the suns where it's kind of like a lot of these players are putting a lot on their own shoulders and not really playing team ball in a way throughout the whole game. We go through spurts. We start out the game, defense great. We start out the second quarter, our second half, defense is great, leading to good offense. But it just doesn't continue. It's like the Kings, at first, it seemed like in this game, it was like the Kings just had a hard time just maintaining what the Suns have. And it's just like the atmosphere and stuff. Like maybe this this is too big of a moment for the Kings. But they proved that, you know what, we're we took the next step. We can mm-hmm. actually match up against a team that on paper might look good in the Suns and that can actually take out a Kings team of the stature right now. But the Kings held their own, man. The Kings made sure that, you know, it's like they just they picked themselves up in the first quarter. They're like, we know how to win this game. Maybe a little bit nervous in the beginning, but we know how to beat the Suns team without Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. It was tough, but I just think that that's what the king that's what the Kings had that the Suns are going to lack going into the playoffs. It's just that chemistry, and you see it in the box score because they have seven players who scored double digits, and no one scored twenty points. Seven players scored in double digits for the Sacramento Kings. No one scored more than nineteen points. Nineteen was the high, and that was Harrison Barnes. Do you remember Harrison Barnes scoring nineteen points in this game? <laughs> Dude. I don't. <laughs> I don't either. He's don't. always been that guy. He's always been that guy. Always. But you have four guys off the bench in double figures. Four guys. To your point, again, the Suns are top heavy right now. You know, some players had bad performances. We're going to talk about some of them. Some players had decent performances. We're yeah. going to talk about them. But ultimately, you have to tip your cat to the Kings and who they are. Now, that being said, and I see I see what's going on in the chat, and I can respect it. You take a look at one statistic that's really frustrating for Sun- Phoenix Suns fans to swallow in this game, and it's the sheer fact that the, the Sacramento Kings had 37 free throw attempts to the Suns' 22, and I, I tweeted it out from my personal account. The Phoenix Suns have attempted 25 or less, f- or less free throws, including this game, in now 48 games this season. The Sacramento Kings had 26 free throw attempts at halftime. How annoying is that? It's annoying. I mean, are we going to say it's the refs or the Kings? Because I think the Kings just know how to get to the line. They just know how to draw fouls. I think, and this is my personal view, there was some bullshit calls. There's always bullshit calls. But what the Phoenix Suns started doing is one of those things that, unfortunately, they fall into a trap of sometimes, is they get a bad call against them, and then they let it dominate their thought process. And then they start fishing for fouls and then they start making errors and then they start fouling more because a lot of them were legit fouls, good, bad, or indifferent. The the Phoenix Suns were trying to play physical against a team, which is more finesse. That's what this team is. Even DeMontis Sabonis, he's more of a finesse guy than he is necessarily a physical guy. That's why DeAndre plays well against him because he's not a physical presence. He's not Jonas Valanciunas. He's not Steven Adams, right? He's more of a finesse player. That's why DeAndre plays well against him. So this is a finesse team. So the Phoenix game plan was, you know what? We're going to try to be physical with this team. And they were physical and they were not, and they were getting calls against them and they started to get into their own heads. And you started to see it a lot with Devin Booker, even Devin Booker after every shot 
I was like, come on, man. You're not Luka Doncic, dude. Don't make a jumper and turn to the refs and say I was fouled on that play. We're better than that. When the Suns just put their head down and just go, you know what? Fuck them refs. We're just going to continue to play our game. Then they're, they play successfully. Now, were the, the refs a little soft? Sure, they were. When you see that kind of discrepancy, yeah, it feels really frustrating to see because you're like, wow, man, we clearly got cornholed. But you can't tell me that Phoenix wasn't trying to play physical against the finesse team. I'm, or, or am I reading that wrong? No, they were. Um, I didn't read too much into this game with the refs. I know there was a lot going on. And I think when things aren't going your way, it's hard to say the Suns. I mean, it's hard to say like the Suns are not getting gypped, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit. I mean, that's just the way it is being a fan of the Suns. And a lot of these games is because we don't get the calls a lot. And there are a lot of bullshit calls. But I think most importantly is, you know, just that one that was reviewed where at the end of the game where Booker did hit him in the eye. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's not going to be overturned. Aiton did jump into the guy um, for his last two fouls. That was definitely foul by Aiton on the last two. Yep. And it's just, those are just like, those are big fouls, right? Mm-hmm. They all add up in the end, but they're just crucial fouls. The Suns cannot commit. And I think like those were three that the Suns just couldn't commit. And Aiton got away with some stuff like everyone gets away with shit but this is the thing though man i just i'm just uh with the whole ref thing they they, they fix games and they do what they want to do and there's <laughs> no they're it's all part they of do. the script right they and you just got to push through that you got to just ignore that and try to enjoy the game but just like fred van vliet said man you know they come to see the players they don't want to see the refs yeah and the refs get too much in the way tonight it didn't seem like that i just think the suns had just some bad bad things go the other way but i just think that right now with the way the suns have to handle these situations it's just to continue to play their ball we've won so many games where we've only had 10 free throw attempts or mm-hmm. something you know what i mean so it's like it's one of those things where it's just i just don't want to even think about it anymore well, and, and look don't. at it and look at it like this okay you know one phoenix the phoenix suns were right there at the end it wasn't a bad call that cost them this game they're right there at the end and as I stated, the Sacramento Kings had 26 free throws at halftime. In the second half, they only had 11. Okay, in the fourth quarter, they they how many free throws did they take? They they took a total of six in the fourth quarter. How many of those were intentional fouls trying to get back in the game? So the game opened up in the third quarter, right? The whistles kind of went away, and all of a sudden we had a fun, exciting basketball game. That's what this was. It was a fun, exciting basketball game. The Phoenix yeah. Suns in the clutch. Again, lost. I think they're now 12 and 16. Don't quote me on that, but it's pretty pretty sure that's what they are now in the clutch. Whereas the Sacramento Kings are the best team in the league in the clutch. As we mentioned before, they, they know how to play. So I get that there's some frustration watching this game when you when you instantly look at those numbers and you go, dude, we got cornholed. We were outshot by, what, 15 at the free throw line. And they were 31 of, 30, or of 37, mm-hmm. by the way. So they were hitting their free throws as well. And the Phoenix Suns, even though they, you know, they, they missed four of theirs. So they ultimately were 13 points they lost at the line to them. And two points, or I'm sorry, six points at, at the three-point line. Okay, so they were plus there. But you look at the fact that, you know, again, Phoenix was right there at the end. And they just couldn't close it because we're searching for an identity right now. And guess what, Suns fans? Good, battering, different until Kevin Durant returns, which we don't know when that's going to be. That is what is going to be the story of the Phoenix Suns. Is they're going to be 
trying to figure out who their identity is in those final minutes in close games because you don't have Mikhail anymore. You don't have Cam Johnson anymore. You don't, you don't have Dario Saric anymore. You know, so you're going to have to try to figure that out. And that, that brings me, you know, to the Kevin Durant conversation. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever play the game. So obviously, since we last spoke on our last post-game podcast, which was a victory, the news was released that Kevin Durant would be reevaluated in three weeks. Now, obviously, early earlier in that that day, uh, what day? It would say Saturday. So it was what Thursday that that occurred. Thursday was the day where we're all sitting around just sweating. I've never sweat more in this year's all about that, right? It is. I perspired so much. Good thing that I wear Gillette, the best a man can get. I like the gel uh, deodorant. What kind of deodorant do you wear, Matthew? Um. Lemons. We'll just say that. I can't think of. I think I used degree. I don't know. Degree for me. I don't leave the house, so I haven't bought deodorant in probably like two <laughs> two years. Wow, dude. Uh, that's why whenever we go to Suns games, there's like a circle of people around us. Yeah. These seats. Yeah. It's garlic fries. <laughs> it's and not the garlic Matt's, fries anymore, man. It's, it's just it's, me. It's Matt's BO. Uh, but yeah, we're all sitting around waiting, and somebody from Arizona Central, Dwayne Rankin, tweeted it out earlier in the day that. He could potentially be out for the remainder of the regular season and uh, perhaps the beginning of the playoffs. They said it was a grade two sprain. When the Phoenix Suns released their official information, they didn't say anything relative to how severe the sprain was, just that it was reevaluated in three weeks. What did you take from that information? I think it's just going to take, I don't know. It's all mysterious. I don't. I have no idea what's really going to happen. I just know in two to three weeks we'll get an update. I don't, I don't think we'll hear from KD again. Probably till then. Yeah, he wasn't um, on the bench tonight again. Yeah, I don't. I, I the don't thing like is, that. though, I feel I feel really bad for the dude. Right? I mean, he's yeah. out there. Everyone's chanting KD, KD, KD. He hurts himself in a way I've never seen until maybe I think the next day there was another player that had the same exact injury and he's out for four weeks where oh, he was doing it for layups. Same exact thing. I who the hell who was, was it? Oh. I don't. I want to say Woozy or something, but I forget his name. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I forget. Maybe yeah. So chat. I mean, the Doesn't way matter. it happened in front of everybody, I feel bad. I mean, he he played it off, played it cool, finished his warm up, then went to go sign some autographs, went to the tunnel. It's probably like fuck, man. Like that is heartbreaking, just because you know how much he wants to play and wants to be a Phoenix Sun and help us win games. Because we talked about 20 games is huge, right? For the chemistry Kaming- thing, Kaminga. Kamingo, okay. That's yeah, right. so that's that's weird. It has something to do with the coronavirus, I'm sure. But dude, <laughs> just 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 to go into the playoffs unknowingly, just the roster, you just don't you just don't know what's gonna happen with the roster currently. Um working out lineups is fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now for Monty, it's gonna be difficult to even like picture what it's gonna look like in the in the future and for the playoffs. And I think not having KD, you can work on things. You can, but slipping him in there. Of course, it's going to work because he's a great player. It'll be fine. But right now, man, like losing to the Kings is fine, but this is going to be a tough stretch. And I think that we can reevaluate this in two to three weeks mm-hmm. and we can hear something like, oh, Katie's getting reevaluated. It'll be another week. And yep. It's like, okay, then we're counting down the days for that again. Um, it's just, it's a very big mystery right now in Phoenix. And this is the way that the whole year's been. It's like we're always just waiting for shit. And like, oh, okay, well, what's going to happen here? So this whole season, it's just like in preparation for like next season or something. You know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. It's the season of waiting. 
it, it is. It really is. And I, I can't see like this team right now, the way it is. It's like with Katie in there, I'm like, we're just going to have these games where it's just going to look like dog shit. And then we're gonna have really fucking good games. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be up and down just like this whole season, man. It's, it's crazy. It's so true. It's such a, a season of waiting. Go back to last summer. We're waiting for the Suns to re-sign DeAndre Ayton. Ooh, Kevin Durant's name has been rumored. Okay, we're waiting to see if a trade happens. Ah, nothing happens. Okay, we'll wait till the All-Star break because something could happen. Or wait till the trade deadline. Up, Chris Paul's injured. We're waiting for him to come back. Up, Dem Booker's injured. We're waiting for him to come back. Up, Campaign is injured and everybody's injured. We're waiting for them all to come back. We're literally just sitting around this whole season. I've never sat around waiting for something longer in my life. It's just to see this team complete and like, give me 10 games, dude. Give me 10 games. And that's what's unfortunate with the Kevin Durant situation is we think that once he returns, it's like, all right, we're, we're whole. Everything's going to happen. Something else will happen because that's just the way this year is. It's, it's what happens when you're a Suns fan. And when I heard the news that it was going to be three weeks until evaluation, I'm like, oh, okay. So the morning report that Dwayne Rankin tweeted out was correct. Cause everybody was kind of, if you're on Suns Twitter that morning, everyone was kind of on a side, right? Like, well, this isn't uh verified information or the world is ending. Right. And I was just like, shit, we don't know, but it's not good to hear that. You don't, you know, we, and we heard right after the game that he was in a walking boot. You don't want to hear that. And then when you hear reavowed in three, in three weeks, I, I'm, I'm with you, Matthew. It's like, okay, we're going to wait three weeks. And as we had mentioned before, that got us to, uh, when we said two weeks, we said it was March 20, uh, 22nd. Three weeks is like March 29th. So we're sitting around waiting for March 29th just to hear, yep, it's going to be a couple more weeks. And by that time, the season's almost over. I believe April 9th is the last game. So that's 15. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're we're stuck in this, uh, in this twilight zone of a season, just sitting around waiting for things and waiting for things. And, you know, it's not the first time. Obviously, we're Suns fans. We've been through this before. I remember back in 05, 06, and you're waiting for Amari Stoudemire to come back, and I think he played like three games, and then he was done. And Yeah, that sucked. I remember, remember that. that? Oh, yeah. I forget yep. that. And then, like, he finally gets back. He gets, like, poked in the eye, and he's out for, like, three months or whatever. I just – we're a franchise of waiting, and that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. So we'll wait. We'll, we'll sit around. We'll wait for Kevin Durant to come back because, again, the nice thing about Kevin Durant is he's not one of those players who you necessarily – have to work back in. He's a baller. He comes back stronger. And then I just feel like you said, I just feel bad for him. Yeah. In it's in the West, stupid man, injury. In the West, it's like there's two teams, either the, the Nuggets or you know the Kings with the chemistry. They've been healthy all year. Yes. They and it have. might just be one of those years, Suns fans, where you know, jamsters out there, hey, where we might we'll probably make a push in the playoffs with this team because they're fucking awesome with KD. But then it might be one of these teams like the Nuggets, like just like us two years ago, that just goes to the finals and loses to the Bucks. You know what I mean? Like it might be one of those years. But please, God, don't let the Kings or the Nuggets go and win the finals, please. Oh, <laughs> just, no, no. I'm I'm just saying. Like, I, of course, I the Suns are going to make a good push this year. They are, but we just have to be honest, man. This is kind of it's kind of been a lost year in certain ways and it might just be that. And we just might have to wait till next year. But right now I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this team that we have currently on the court and just waiting and hoping and praying to God that Katie can come back and stay healthy. I want him back and I I feel bad for the dude. And the way that I look at it is I wouldn't necessarily call it a lost season because there's so much opportunity ahead of us still. We're the fourth seed and 
we're, we're still a damn good team. Again, going against a very, very healthy Sacramento team at home, you know, we played very well tonight. Yeah. I really do. I really think we did. And there were lapses. And again, this team has an identity. If I was a Kings fan, I'd be more worried than anything because you're like, shit, because they're like the Suns a couple years ago. Remember the Suns? I wrote an entire piece on Brightside about how it was uncanny how healthy the Suns were two years ago on their March to the NBA finals during the regular season. It was uncanny how not only they were healthy, but the teams that they played were unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about it on the subreddit stakeout for the Sacramento Kings. They were talking about how, oh, well, you know, this is nice. It's nice to beat the Suns, but this is a KD less Suns. So you truly don't know who this is going to be. And, and here's the other side of this is at the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, where do you want to be when you start the playoffs? We're, we have 15 games left. And we have to start asking that question from a seeding standpoint. One, what benefits you the most? If the playoffs started today, the Phoenix Suns, uh, as the fourth seed, will be playing the LA Clippers. Would you be okay with that, or would you rather play the Warriors, as a, seen as you'd be the, the three seed? Well, you're talking about with KD, right? Yeah, yeah. I would take. I think the Suns anybody KD can beat anybody. They really can. It's just it depends how the health works out. But I really do think that if we're fully healthy, we can win the title this year for sure. Mm-hmm. I really do think that. It's just it's going to be a very difficult task, obviously. It's, gonna, it's not going to be as easy as if we had 20 games with KD. I just think there's going to be certain series it's going to be tough to pull out against like a Nuggets or even this Kings team if things were to go south. But Well, it's like Monty Williams says, everything you want's on the other side yeah. of hard. But seriously, though, and- like – Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Finish. And the rest of the podcast is on the other side of this ad from DraftKings. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I do this like every night. I go and I bet a three-legged parlay on a random NBA game. And if I don't win, I get a bet back. It's making money or losing it unless I win it. You know what I mean. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions applied. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Anything else that I missed on all that, Matthew? No, I was just going to – I forget what I was saying. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, in that in that case, uh, I think I will go ahead. Big Dick Booker. So Devin Booker in this game ends with twenty eight points on, oops, uh, ten or I'm sorry, eleven of nineteen shooting, eight assists, three steals for Devin Booker. He had 10 of the first 15 points of the game. And then again, as I mentioned, Kessler Edwards was brought in to guard him and he ended the first quarter with 10. And I said it earlier, a lot of complaining tonight, which can take him out of his game. Was it justified? No, I think Booker just put stats aside. Just, I don't give a fuck. 28 and eight. That's good. That looks good, but it was a bad game. I think book even had hard times with just handling the ball. You know, there's a few possessions where it's not like he had big turnover, but he just couldn't even dribble the ball certain times. But I think ugh, tonight, man, it's just 
he came out and he was like, fuck you. Like yes. anybody that's Kobe esque, it's him for sure. EJ's right. He's the closest to the guy because that's when he comes out in the games. It's just like, dude, this guy's on another level. That's how he looked early on, talking shit to the bench. Then only, like you said, finished with 10 points in the first. Then it just didn't look too good after that. I mean, he had some big shots there, here or there, but it wasn't like the Booker game last game where he had 44 points. Yeah. He just he couldn't hit his shots tonight. And I think um he struggled just um doing the things that we needed him to do to win this game, which was just hitting those big shots, ISO shots, and he tried to take over in the fourth. It wasn't there. I think this team did a really great job of trying to hold it together for Book to step up in the end, and he just wasn't able to tonight. And I think, like you said, maybe it was too much into his head what 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 was going on with Kessler and the defense. Mm-hmm. But I just think that he just was a little bit outmatched. Sometimes he can be, and he needs extra help. And I think, actually, he got the help. He just couldn't finish the game for the Suns. Yeah, again, I just my biggest takeaway from tonight was he just – was allowing the officiating to get in his head. And what he was complaining about wasn't necessarily fouls on him. That's what kind of throws me off. It's like, if I see book getting mugged, I'm like, come on. Like, and that typically pisses book off when we see a better version of him, but he was get, mm-hmm. he was calling all, he was calling the refs on all kinds of stuff. And it was just, you know, again, a solid game. Like you said, 28 from that De- 28 and eight from Devin Booker. It's exactly what you yeah. get from him. Uh, 11 of 19 from the field. I'm okay with that. Cause it's not crazy inefficient. He's still shooting over 50%. And what he's done in these past two weeks, Western Conference player of the week, he's averaging shit, I don't know, in these last five games tonight included. I mean, he Booker's fine. Booker's fine. And uh, I'll tell you who also looked pretty damn good in this game, too, was uh, that old point guard, point guard out there. The point guard. This is why I wanted to win this game, because he had a 16-16 and 16 tonight, man. And he also had six rebounds. I just I wanted a win just because CP3 played pretty fantastic, man. He had a vintage CP3 third quarter, wasn't really overly engaged in that first quarter and second quarter. But in the third quarter, comes out three of four from the field, two or three from beyond the arc, has eight points, has five assists, and just gave us kind of that reassurance that for, for snippets of the game, we will always have the ability to have Chris Paul overtake the game. And I love that. And you're going to need that come postseason. Is you're going to need those 16 and 16 performances. You're going to need those from CP3, man. Yeah, he did his best tonight. He really did. Um, he got off a lot of shots in the paint, but early in the first half, he had the 10 assists, but he was turning the ball over. But my favorite part about Chris Paul is when he turns it over, he is the best at getting the ball right back. Mm-hmm. He's the best at getting back on defense. Like he teaches. Now, and that you. was a foul, by the way, right? When he took it back from Demontis Sabonis. Did they call a foul or no? No, he got it. But again, like, again, all the Suns fans who are bitching and moaning about all the flouts, like, he slapped the shit out of his wrist or his elbow. Oh, yeah. Saboner lost the ball. You know, it's like, yeah, but that's that's why, okay, that's why I never get too far into the ref thing. And I never, unless you're Doncic or I don't care if players are bitching at the refs unless it affects your game. Yeah. But just, that's just the way the game is. Like we have to kind of get past that to kind of enjoy this game. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's impossible, but uh, but he is the best at getting that back. And it just teaches you like there was one time where he got back and he actually um he got the steal, but he like lost it. But if the team would have run back and yeah. help him like he did, yeah, they would have got the ball back. So it teaches everyone, like, hey, don't give up. You fucked up, but get back because you might get the ball back. 
and he's the best at that, man. But big game tonight by him. I just think that uh, you might have a few days or a few games of him just kind of taking a back seat because I, I think tonight took a lot out of him. I'm not always too worried about like injuries because he's never doing too much. Yeah. Like he's just, you know what I mean? But in these games, he's not drawing contact. He's just kind of getting right. to his spots when he jumps and hits that jump shot. I'm like, oh, is that, are you jumping too high, dude? Be careful. Or just land softly. Yeah, just don't. That's exactly don't, what I'm not thinking jump. <laughs> So he might be in the ice bath for like maybe three days or so after this one. Well, and unfortunately, you know, the Suns had a couple days off before their last game. Then they had two days off before this game. Yeah. And now we're getting ready to kind of go through a gauntlet over the next week. We've got four games in seven days. So that's yeah. the, that's what's disadvantageous. If you will, the number that you'll always kind of watch with Chris Paul is minutes played. He played 39 in this game. And that's kind of what's frustrating. The reason that he had to play 39 in this. Well, I think it's quite obvious. Here comes the pain. As we mentioned on the last podcast, Cameron Payne needs to step up. Cameron Payne not stepping up. Seven minutes played tonight by your backup point guard. Seven minutes. It's three fouls. He just he has such a fucking low basketball IQ sometimes. Drives me nuts. He goes out there, he instantly fouls, then he gets another yeah. foul, which was kind of like a stupid foul. And then like with like Less than uh, three seconds left. He gets another foul in the, to end the first quarter. So he's got like three fouls in the first quarter. So he's automatically ineffective. And he had five points and he had two assists, but he took himself out of the game. And unfortunately, that's kind of the, that's the book on Cameron Payne right now. And again, like, so I, I wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun. So if you get a chance, head to brightsideofthesun.com. You can read a piece where, that I wrote about, you know, kind of Cameron Payne and, and what, what's happened to him and what is needed of him. And I also throw in that understanding side, right? Like this guy missed 29 games. He's, this is his what seventh game back now. So we can't expect him to come out, especially coming off of a foot injury, right? It's what derailed the season last season. It was, it was an ankle and a hamstring injury. So we can't go expect him to go out there and get you 25 to 30 a night and be effective pain like he was, but he can't be fucking stupid either. Well, man, I've seen a lot of like he sucks, he sucks. Yeah, yeah. Libertarian Sasquatch who gives a dollar ninety nine the super chat says pain is horrible. So we appreciate the money. He's horrible. And what I actually what I notice is that he just he cares too much about himself on the court. He gets himself into situations where he can't pass the ball out of. He might turn the ball over. Sometimes it takes some shitty shots. But the biggest thing is like he's playing like his own game in his head, where like any kind of mistake. If you watch him, like the next break in in the action, he's just upset. Like, yeah, why did I, why did I do that? Why did I do that, dude? Just move on, move the mm-hmm. fuck. You should look at Devin Booker now. When Booker fucks up and turns it over, he's like, back. All right, defense. What am I doing? What am I doing? Get over yourself, man. This is a team game. He has a game. All right. I know people say he sucks. He can be legit as a backup. He can. Yes. But he needs to do that Aaron Rodgers like four days in the night or whatever he does, four days, <laughs> night and day or whatever. And just do that. Find yourself and then come back because it just it's painful to watch just because he just battles himself. And it's like, I don't yes. want to watch that, dude. I want to watch you just play within the offense. You know what you can do. Just 
fucking mute yourself in the mind. It's, Do something it's like different. Watching Brad Pitt and Twelve Monkeys out there. He's like a schizophrenic that, walking that around. Is perfect. That is, it perfect, is man. It's what he is. He's just monkey, monkey. He's just like he's you know he's he's pointing at the key and he's he's going nuts out there like Pitt was. And you're seeing that battle, and you're right. Like the the game's tough enough, and you gotta yeah. you gotta manage what's going on in between the years. And he's not managing it well. And like mm-hmm. I we, I talked about it earlier, right? About Devin Booker. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that Devin Booker allowed the officiating to get into his head space tonight and allow it to affect aspects of his game, but it didn't ultimately affect his overall performance. Uh, it was the defense of the. Sacramento Kings the last five minutes that affected his performance. Whereas when Cameron Payne, it's like he he gets so mad, he'll get called for a foul. And he's like, I'll show you. And then he'll just, he'll get real aggressive again. And then he gets called for another one, like instantly. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You got to slow yeah. down and you got to understand. And I think you make a very, very valid point when it comes to Cameron Payne. Think about we and not about me. Think about the team and not yourself. Start looking at the game maybe through that aspect because he does four shots. Again, he only shot three shots tonight, so it's not like we have a huge sample size to pull upon, but we know what we see when we've watched campaign in the past. He'll he'll miss wide-open guys standing over in, in the corner in an effort to go make a highly, highly contested uh, run at the rim. So, yeah, like figure, figure out what's going on up here, man. We need yeah, because he's destroying us. He's destroying us from the inside, man. He's just playing a big zero out there. And I, I still believe in him. I really do. But he just, cliche, he just has to believe in himself because he is that guy. He can be again. We need it. We desperately need it. I know people are saying get these old point guards in here like Wall, which is fine. But that's not going to be a difference maker, I don't think. I think I think he is at his top performance, which he can bring out. And I, I hope he can do that soon. We need it bad yeah and we need it so bad because of the chris paul situation right because there is yes. nobody else because we we don't need 39 minutes from chris paul we just don't and i get it it's a highly competitive game against the kings but you have to find and monty has to find and have confidence to find minutes to take chris paul out for extended periods of time to allow him the proper rest so when that fourth quarter happens when that last five minute happens we can go back into, hey, you got to pick between Devin Booker and Chris Paul because Chris Paul's coming out here and he's fresh right now. And that's what it was last season, right, Jamsters? Remember that, Suns fans? Last season, it was pick your fucking poison. You got Devin Booker or Chris Paul. Both of them can just carve you up in that last five minutes. And that hasn't happened this year. And part of the reason it hasn't happened is because Chris Paul is playing so many goddamn minutes because Cameron Payne's been injured, because Cameron Payne's now back, and he's a fucking zero. Yeah, you have to figure out how to navigate that. And, and that's why we were excited when Kevin Durant made his brief appearance in Phoenix, because he was that other option out there throughout the game. Cameron Penn, just go stay in the corner, dude. I'll, I'll, exactly. I'll that solved all the problems. Well, it really did. Pain problem. That's mm-hmm. what it is. The pain problem. The other problem and I was thinking about this today is just Landry Shamit. I mean, how much money have we wasted on this guy? Fucking A. I, like I want him back just to see what he's got. Cause even with Landry Shamit, you know, you have some defensive, you do, uh, you know, but yeah, we don't know anymore. Just, we don't know anymore. Like, we don't know. That's what I'm money. saying. This whole season's up in the air and it might just be, I don't know, dude. But of course I can't tell the future. Can you please just, I, I need it for some DraftKings bets. Watch. DeAndre tonight, 37 minutes played. 
22 points, 12 rebounds, 9 of 15 from the field, two steals, two blocks. What did you see from DA tonight? He was crouched, dude. He was crouched without the crack in my mm. voice. He was crouched down defensively. He was like, hey, hey, I'm here, Sabonis. But do you – okay, Genesis, let me know. Do you guys remember him doing that this year? I feel like he hasn't done this Not since like last year. Like when he gets down, I'm like, I remember I used to say this on the pod. I'm like, oh, that's when he's like really determined to make a difference on defense. Mm-hmm. It's when he's crouched down and he, and he just, he knows like, you got to come through me to get your shot. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to swipe the ball. I'm going to, I might miss it, but I'm going to make an effort. That's what he was tonight. I feel like for the most part, um, it's fu- like even the swipes down there, like some air, like just whiffs. But it, it just it makes a difference. A lot of times this year, DA's just kind of been standing there watching the floaters go by. Tonight he was swiping at them. Might have got some whiffs. Yeah, but I like the defense. But he was swiping. Man. Yeah, he was, and he was taking what the defense got him. There's a few times. There was a uh, the one where he was going against Sabonis and head on, and he made that spin that we hate. Yeah, but it's like just go to the basket. And you saw Booker right after that. He's like, just go. And then Chris Paul and Booker were talking about like, hey, just he should just go right to the rim. That's what he needs to do. But um. He's moving in the right direction. You can see the demeanor still the same on him. Like Katie's here. Like I gotta fucking step this mm-hmm. up. That's it's there. It, it's really there. And you can just tell the team feeds so well off of his defense, man. When he plays this way, mm-hmm. it just it. The other end is just so much easier. They just can feel that momentum. So he needs to realize that and continue to do this. It's interesting because I see a lot of uh, the jamsters are still calling Da soft and. And you know, saying he's not passing the eye test. And I thought he had a really good game in this I one. I thought he like, had a good game. He he started off aggressive on the glass like a meth head on Van Buren, just you know, attacking the boards, boxing. Hey, a lot out. of those are my friends. <laughs> you need to <laughs> you Lee, you you hang out with your meth heads, okay? Okay. But again, I think that he was boxing out, his shot deterrence was fantastic. He was blocking the ball, like you said, he was swiping. As they were trying to come in, he was trying to change those shots. On offense, yeah. On offense, he wasn't going through people again. He was doing the spin move and doing some of those fadeaway hooks, which weren't always necessarily effective. But sometimes they can be effective. And so I wasn't highly upset with those shots. I was more frustrated with the fact that Devin Booker would use him as a high screener, and he'd be wide open from 18 feet where we know he's like butta. And Devin Booker would like look at him and then just like dish it to Ish Wainwright, who would brick a three. So I was a little bit more upset with the fact that the Phoenix Suns weren't integrating him into the offense. That was the challenge in the fourth quarter, in my personal opinion. And it's a challenge that the Phoenix Suns, I'll continue to say that like they have to fix this shit, is uh, DeAndre Ayton in the fourth quarter was one of one from the field for three points. Okay, because he got an and one in there. I mean, outside of that, they weren't getting him the ball. They were not getting the ball. Again, it's like the same broken record. It's like when you hit that five-minute mark, you got to utilize DeAndre Ayton as a part of that offense, especially as as he's been owning Saboner, and they weren't. They were blitzing Devin Booker, and Devin Booker, rather than trying to seek the opportunity to get the ball on the inside, was passing around the outside. And just right back to Chris Paul. Give it back to him. They blitz him again. It was like a, a back and forth. And then all of a sudden, you know, they pop it out to Ish Wainwright for three, and he'd brick it. Yeah, um, I I just think they utilize him fine. I think the pick and roll with Book, he hit him a couple times, but yeah, he was passing out. I just think it has to be perfect for Aiden. Like it has to be a perfect window to give him the ball. 
perfect position for the alley-oop. He had a few of those tonight. Mm-hmm. I just think that's like the max DA you're going to get in this offense. I really do. Um, I know we want him to get the ball, but we do see still like when he gets it, he just still doesn't know what to do with it. He'll work on that. I'm telling you this off season and stuff, he'll come back with something. I swear to God. I know he said this year he has some shit, but he hasn't improved that way, but it just has to be in the flow of the offense. And it's the best version of Aiton. Remember it was like fourth when uh, Mikhail's playing great. And then Booker came back and then you had Aiton just, feeding the feeding off the scraps basically offensively as a fourth or fifth option that was fun like that's what i just want from him so yeah and and, and we'll go back there once kevin durant returns to this offense but yeah. in the meantime again i think that there's opportunity for the phoenix suns and you know brr, 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 I'm, gonna, I'm, a, I'm a broken record man i'm saying the same shit over and over again but they have to find a way to get deandre ayton into this offense they have to find a way because he'll do it he'll run down there he'll get a pin down and they'll just kind of Nah, you know, you see like yeah. it's 3 and book. I don't know what it is. And it, and it, we've talked about in the past. It's most likely their lack of confidence in him. So they don't give it down to him. And they, they're like, you know what? We're going to kind of run our shit. But good, bad, or indifferent, you're going to see positive things happen if you can get that ball in the interior to DeAndre. And I just know. And you're going to see some negative things too. Guess what? He's going to drop the ball. I saw Sabonis did it tonight too. I mean, not everybody's. Oh, yeah, it. dude. It, even Embiid drops the ball. And oh, just really quick too. If anybody that wants to fast forward, this is my DeAndre and hate take. So oh, nice. Oh, I'm done. All right, now you can play it again. John's talking, so <laughs> I read the comments. You say what now? I read the comments. Oh, <laughs> hey, Joe. Where you going with that? Josh Akogi, four of ten from the field, three of six from beyond the arc. He had 15 points. One steal, one block, two rebounds, and one fantastic posterizing dunk over Malik Bunk in this game. One of the silver linings, again, is the productivity we have from Josh Akogi. He had the one play where he just snatched the ball from Trey Lyles. He's like, yeah, yeah that's mine. I just I continue to be impressed with Josh Akogi. He's the perfect fifth guy when uh, when Kevin Durant's back. He's the perfect fifth guy. And I'll tell you this, if you don't get a boner watching him play, you might need to consult a physician. Yeah, I think you definitely do. Or just have someone come over and help you with it. Get a with fluffer. some butter or something. I don't know. A butter fluffer? A butter fluffer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what, dude? A Kogi is pretty awesome. But my favorite thing is he can actually extend plays too. Like he hit his corner threes tonight, right? Remember he was 0 for 8, but he hit some yep. big threes tonight. But also, like, when the coverage comes over and they finally pay attention to him, he can extend it. He can get underneath the rim and continue to move the play around. So it's like, what are the things you can find in Okogi and Ish to really help this team in other ways? Okogi can do that for sure. He can continue to move the ball. The best guy to finish a play at the rim and fast break. Um, Just the smoothest dude to do anything on the court. And statistically, not going to look as good, obviously. But did he uh, – defensively, was he playing – let me ask you, John. Um, was he <laughs> was he playing? Oh. <laughs> was he playing defense mostly on Fox? I just yes. I noticed in the first quarter he was. Yes, but I'm bad at paying attention to the coverages <laughs> the whole game. Like, yeah, I just I can't keep up. I have to rewatch the game to really pay attention to that. But uh, he was right for the most part. Yeah, he had the offense or the defensive assignment of De'Aaron Fox, and he did a damn good job the majority of the game to the point where they were switching to try to get Chris Paul onto Fox to end the game. And Josh Kogi was fighting through screens. I mean, that's the advantage of having a guy like this on your team is he's a fighter. 
and he'll he'll jump those screens and he'll hit them high in an effort to not give up his defensive assignment. Something that I've noticed in the short time that he does at the same level level that Mikael Bridges would do at times. If it wasn't a physical matchup, Mikael Bridges. If yeah. it was a physical matchup, Mikael was kind of done. But yeah, he he was on Fox the majority of the day. He's awesome. He's really really good. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So I was hanging out in Sac- in downtown mm. Phoenix on Van Buren with some meth heads, you know, like Matthew's friends. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we, were, we were hanging out on the subreddit of the Sacramento Kings. And I see that some Kings fans have made into the chat. Yeah, that's what you do. When your team wins, you go to the opposing team's YouTube channel. So Lame. Uh, thanks for the view, dipshit. Uh, here's, a, here's one thing. This is one team in the West that really worries me. Suns are good and have beaten the Kings twice already. A win tonight would be huge. A three-and-a-half game lead would be monumental going into the final 14 games. Here's hoping. That was pregame. Uh, Suns somehow destroy our spacing. Hoarders, and this is a, I like this one. Hoarders stare at the rim for six seconds free throw routine. This is going to drive me fucking bonkers come playoff time. No fucking way that's playoff safe. It is annoying how Hoarder just sits there and like he gets the ball and he just stares at the rim. And like that's the kind of thing you'll start counting off in the in the uh in the playoffs like we did Giannis, you know? Yeah, dude, Hoarder, he's he's actually a guy that can scare you sometimes, right? I mean, it's just can. the way he, he looks he, so... he can he can get he can go just catch never, on like fire. this dude right here, right? Who the fuck? Is that Josh Hoarder? <laughs> Who the fuck is that? <laughs> it's a sex in the shitty city. It's sex in the shitty. Miranda? Was that Miranda? <laughs> yeah, doesn't she look like Hoarder? She does kind of look like Yeah, they look exactly Hoarder. Like. Hoarder looks like Miranda from Sex in the City. Fast. I think it's Miranda. I don't remember. No, Miranda's the redhead, right? I think so. I'm not sure. Jams just help us out. Jams just let us know. Uh, I'll never forget how disrespectful Landale was to one of my professors in undergrad school. Interesting. And then somebody said, uh, Landell's haircut plus mustache makes me want to ask him where he was on January 6th. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. I think that was pretty good. And then you hear him talk, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, Katie's soul left his ankle and went into Trey motherfucking Lyles. Trey Lyles was annoying in this game, man. And he, I feel like he always is when we play the Suns. He's just one of those guys who has the ability to do what he did tonight. 21 minutes played, was 3 of 5 from beyond the arc at 13 points, but it was like he started 3 for 3, and you're just like... Yeah, he just nailed those three, yeah. And then he cool. just didn't take the fourth, the heat check one. That killed him the rest of the game. Yeah, then he then he missed the next ones. So there you go, Trey Laos. Uh Chris Paul is 10 years younger whenever he plays the Kings. Booker is a whore. <laughs> or as, uh, as, as Frank would say, a whore. Whore. Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe soon you guys will stop underestimating the Suns just because KD's out. So there's some respect there. And then my favorite comment of the night, (laughs) Chris Pauld spot. Ooh, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, that's, that's top comment right there, man. Chris Pauld spot. The Suns jam session subreddit stakeout. Is there anything in your notes that we missed? Um, no, but Coda Kid Miranda's so hot. Fuck Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He cheated on her. Damn Miranda's asshole. Not, Miranda's not hot. She was cute sometime. Not when she looked like a little boy, but she was cute uh, some sometimes. You know, I never, watched, I never watched Sex in the City, and then I started to watch it a little bit 
you know, my wife watches it. Mm, We're watching like good. the the one that's on like E, and then I saw an HBO one once. I was like, holy shit, what is this smut? There's like it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's very no, it's, it's good, man. When it when it first came out, it was good, and then the first movie was really good. Second movie was shitty, but Sex in the Shitty, but it Sex was <laughs> it was definitely a good show. Um, a couple other things that I had. Terrence Ross was added again. Human Torch. Ooh. Uh, what's interesting is when you look at the box score, he was easily the highest plus minus. He was the easiest, biggest minus minus 18. He scored 18, seven of 13, four of 10 from beyond the arc minus 18. Well, it's the Island of Misfits, uh, lineup they had in there, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, like to start the fourth, like he just was always in with these random guys. They're just such a weird lineup. Well, and like, no, I, I, I guess I'll play the drop. He only got a total of what, like four minutes tonight so we'll we'll ask the question in the world is tj warren yeah tj Mm. only had four minutes he had like three fouls in four minutes so really really, where was tj warren i think he mentally he went for a hike this morning up on south mountain and he just kind of like left his mind there so tj warren's on south mountain that's probably where he is Poor dude. I mean, look what we got back in this trade, man. I mean, three good fouls. That's about it. <laughs> I'm, just joking. I'm joking, guys. Seriously, out of they that trade, he got fouls. the three fouls. I don't, I don't even know if those those were. He got the shit end of the stick on those fouls. Yeah, he. Those were some ticky tacky shits. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's talk about the Jam Star. Jam Star of the game. All right, Jamsters, let us know in the chat who your Jam Star of the Game is. Matthew, I will ask you, who is your Jam Star of the Game? I think it's going to be Ross, and I think a lot of Jamsters are going to really agree with me on this one. Uh, I'm going to say maybe Chris Paul pulls up second 16, and 16 is ridiculous, but Ross mm-hmm. hit some big shots. And then he kept us, like, kind of like the way Ish did when we won, the, um, I think it was Kevin Durant's second game where he hit those big, big threes to really just close the gap. Forget who we're playing because I don't have a good memory. But, um, yeah, I think it was Ross, dude. He hits, I know, eight and two. Oh, I'm lost now. I don't even know. I'm going to go with Ross. I'll stick with my original. <laughs> no one's going to kill me over this, right? We'll no see. one's no one's saying Ross. Everyone's saying DeAndre Ayton. Come on. John Carl says Rick Ross. KD, the boss. <laughs> um. I'm going to give it to DA, man. I thought he played yeah. fantastic tonight. I, I really do. <laughs> you always do, Matthew. You read the comments. No. Uh, <laughs> I I really thought he played a, a solid game. Whenever he plays DeMontis, that's why it's like, if we have to play the Kings in the playoffs, like I would somewhat welcome that matchup just to get a, a playoff oh, yeah. series uh, between DA and DeMontis Sabonis. I really think that DA is the kind of guy who can get into Sabonis's th- th- that head wouldn't fit on our screen for the youtube feed no and, D- and da would live rent free in there man he'd be in there inside that head just playing this ps5 playing some 2k and whatnot so i really think that uh da is a it, he's proven it time and time again he's a really solid matchup against one demontis sabonis so next game for the phoenix suns the golden state warriors y'all Ooh. monday at 7 p.m matthew and this is this is kind of somewhat, you know, a big one, eh, you know, if you will. Yeah. You, you take a look at the standings currently, and the Phoenix Suns with this loss obviously go to 37 and 30 on the year. The 
the Golden State Warriors are currently 35 and 33. They're two and a half games behind the Suns. The Suns wouldn't play the Warriors uh, in the playoffs unless they could creep up to the fifth the fifth seed. So I'll ask you this question first. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this game against the Warriors? And my second question, who would you rather play in the playoffs, the Clippers or the Warriors? Oh, could I ask the question? Do we have KD or not? The answer is yes. We have Kevin. Well, have the answer is no. The answer is no. We don't have KD. I'm not going to make <laughs> uh, it easy on you. Oh, this is tough because I know this game coming up Monday is going to be the game where the Warriors turn it all around and they start just striving hard for the playoffs and everything starts to click for them. Um. I'm gonna go. I'm sorry. I'm taking so long. I'm gonna go. Where, where, where are you going? I'm gonna go. Clipper, Warriors, Club Warriors. I don't me. know. <laughs> I have no idea, dude. Well, what's interesting is one. This game against the the Warriors won tonight. Steph's coming back. They played well without Steph. They're a team that everybody is, you know, due simply to the championship. Yeah, pedigree that you don't want to face. Um, but I think I'd rather fit, want to face them than the than the Clippers right now. I just I feel like the Clippers did a good job at the trade deadline, and what they added has been well, it hasn't necessarily been working for them. But well, Westbrook, <laughs> they won with, three in a row now. But they've won three in a row. Uh, yeah, they, they, they lost they, like four in a row. One exactly, three. exactly. So it's just like it's kind of tough, and it might be a moot point. I mean, the. the you look at the Clippers, they're the fifth seed. They're two games behind Phoenix. Golden State's a half game behind them. The Timberwolves are two and a half games behind them. The Dallas Mavericks are two and a half games behind them. Or, I'm sorry, one and a half for both of them. The Lakers are two games behind. Uh, like So, so much can happen between now and then. It's just too soon to even even call it. Yeah, dude. I and, and James Fuentes is right. Warriors are ass on the road. They are, but I'm telling you right now, none of this matters. It doesn't. Like even if the Suns make the six seed, I'm fine with that. I know home court kind of matters in the first round or whatever, but I just don't want to be a seventh or eight seed for the Suns. Six seed is well, yeah. fine, but yeah, you don't want to do the. It doesn't matter what shit. the Warriors do now. If they're healthy in the playoffs, I'm serious. It's, they're going to be different. I know they're older and they're washed. Charles Barkley said they're done. Whatever, but I don't trust this team at all. I don't trust this to be a rollover series. Whatever the Warriors are doing right now, they'll be fine. Just like with us, we got to wait for KD to get back. The Warriors now just got Steph Curry back. They'll get back into rhythm. Clay's been good. Draymond's doing his thing. Mm -hmm. Poole, those are hard guys to stop in the playoffs. So it's a different game. Yeah, and I'll say this. That's how the Warriors won it all last year, is they got healthy at the right time. Yes, it's exactly right, and that's what we're hoping. It wasn't this bad, but they no. still did it. No, a hundred percent. So, oh. I just feel like just <laughs> reveal my boobs. <laughs> just the boob, dude. If, if you're listening, uh, you have no idea what Matthew's talking about. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here on this fine Saturday night? Before I go pick up your drunk sisters? Oh my God! Good luck with that. Mm. Um, no, I don't have anything else to talk about, John. Right. I'm good. Okay, good. Well, then I guess we'll see you Monday night, Jamsters. Big game against the Warriors because of the playoff seating. Because, again, as the Phoenix Suns are stuck in limbo and we're sitting here just wondering what the fuck this team is, we're going to try to understand yeah. how, again, the goal is to get down to clutch time. And just I, I want to see clutch time games for the Suns. I really do. <laughs> I, I, I want to see because you think about it, okay? Of their 37 wins, only 12 of them have come in the clutch. 
So that means they're just beating the shit out of teams. And that's good. I, you always want that. But you got to learn how your identity is. And right now they have no identity. And that's what I learned again tonight was just like when you're going against a team that has an identity in the clutch, uh, it's tough. We know because we've been on the other side of that. So hopefully, you know, if we have to come down to a clutch time minutes against the Warriors, uh, hopefully we prevail this time, Matthew. You know, I hope so, too. I hope we get one out of these next two. I do. I think three losses in the row is going to be tough, but just hang on for that sixth seed, dude. That's all we can hope for right now. Uh, right hang on for that fourth. I like the fourth seed. I, I like, like where we're at. I like seeds. I like seeds, too. So on that note, no set, no stems, no seeds, no sticks. Mm-hmm. Sticky, yeah. yicky, yicky. Subscribe, rate, review. At Suns Jam. At Darth Voida. At Matthew Lissy. BrightSideOfTheSun.com. Go home and flick your bean. Whoa. credit card bill.